Oh man, I just love our kids ministry. And if you're if you're one of our kid workers, I know we got a bunch of them that are, are serving because we canceled our early service. But if you're one of our kids workers, would you just stand real ki- real quickly, if you would? Just we want to honor you. Would you thank our volunteers? You guys are awesome. Man, that's just um, awesome. I, I cut my teeth in ministry, in, in kids' ministry. It's just the best hour I ever had serving and pouring into kids' lives. I found I grew so much through serving in kids. And I just encourage you that if you're, if you're not on a volunteer team yet, and you think, man, I'm not any good with kids. Listen, that's what I said. Don't say that. It, like, here's, what, here's, what, here's what I say. Well, I'm really good with my kids. I'm just not good with other people's kids. And God went, ha, I'm going to make you a children's pastor. <laughs> So if you're saying that, uh, I'll see you after the service. We'll work on your ordination, okay? Because uh, it's coming. No, I, seriously, though, if you have children, that means you love children, and you, gotta love, you need to learn to love other people's children, and we work together to see our kids follow Jesus. My kids have been raised in this church, raised, given their lives to Jesus, been baptized, and now, um, heck, my oldest son's married and has kids of his own now because of the ministry of men and women in this church and our children and also our youth ministry. If you're one of our youth volunteers, would you stand? If any, do we have any of our, our small group leaders here or are they sleeping in? Okay, they, they skip. All right. Where, where's Todd? Is Todd, Todd stayed at home? He's sleeping, really? Really? It's like, oh, the roads aren't safe, honey. I can't do this. Right? Is that what it is? Okay. Just go home and say, hey, Brad trucked it in from Springfield, Missouri today, Okay. He worked all, oh, he worked all night. <laughs> okay, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Listen, I was in a snowstorm last night, lady. Uh, if you haven't seen social media, Laura and I went for a quick trip to uh, Missouri <laughs> to our nephew's college graduation and got stuck in a crazy ice storm in Missouri. They shut the interstate down, tra- trucks were jackknifed, and so we spent the night and drove in this morning. And so thanks for being here. I'm glad you guys are here. It's going to be a great day. Uh, we are in our, our series that uh, is, we call Core Christmas. We celebrate Christmas all month long. And all month we're talking about how Jesus, uh, in Jesus we can find hope, healing, peace, and purpose. Hope, healing, peace, and purpose. Let's say that together. Hope, healing, peace, and purpose. This is why we are here today. This is why we are gathered. And today I want to talk to you about peace. So if you have a Bible, would you join me in Isaiah chapter 9? Isaiah chapter 9. If you don't have a Bible, grab your phone, go to corechurch.com. You can download a Bible app right there. I read out of the uh, New Living Translation. So if you're looking it up, look for the NLT. So you'll be following along in the, in the right translation. Isaiah was a prophet. We've talked about this guy a little bit in the series. Um, and he, was, uh, he lived 700 years before Jesus was born. And so God gave him and gave other prophets prophecies about the Messiah that was going to come, the Savior of the world that we know as Jesus. But they didn't know at the time that his name was going to be Jesus. But the prophet talked about that. And so in Isaiah chapter 9... You're going to hear a very familiar passage of scripture that uh, you've probably seen on a greeting card or you've heard in a song uh, or has been somewhere around on a banner or somewhere, okay? So would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word, Isaiah chapter 9, and I want to uh, just read two verses to you, verses 6 and 7, and this is what Isaiah, the prophet, says about the coming Messiah. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, 
Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, his government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. Join me in praying now. Father, uh, thank you so much for uh, getting us out today. Um, thank you for the men and women who, who said, hey, I'm going to be here. And um, I pray that you would just honor this time and that we would honor you. Man, we, we honor you, Father, as we um, dig into your word a little bit. Let's just pray for each other. You Pray for the person next to you, behind you, in front of you. Um, if you're a follower of Jesus, let's just do that right now because somebody today desperately needs, needs peace. I'm going to be talking about peace, and we need the peace that only Jesus can bring. And Man, we just need that. Maybe you're in need of peace, so just pray for yourself. May God, may I just hear and understand peace a little bit better. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you just make that a simple prayer today. God, give, give me peace. And then pray for me as your pastor uh, that I'll be um, faithful to uh, this text that we have to share for a few minutes together in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, how, how many of you, uh, by show of hands, how, how many of you love when something is, is completed, when it's, when it's done, like you're working on something and it's done? That's just the best, is it not? I mean, it just feels good when you, when you complete something. There's, there's such a, a, a peace of, that comes with that where you're just like, oh, man, it's, it's done. But how many of you know the process to get to completion can be absolutely grueling? I mean, it can just be, you get stuck, you get frustrated, it can be a little chaotic, um, you draw a blank, you don't know where you're, where, where you're going, you don't even know if it's ever going to be completed, right? Amen? I mean, that's just the truth of it. And I was thinking about that when I was putting this message together, and I was thinking about just the process that I go through in, in putting a sermon together. Now, that's probably something you've never thought about before, nor should you ever think about that. Uh, but I, there's a process I go through. And, uh, and if you don't know, it, just, it usually goes something like this. I usually, on a Monday morning, I will go into what I call my Holy of Holies. Um, and it's this beautiful place that is anointed by God. And, and I sit in there, and I, and I just wait. I wait on the light and the beam to come and the, the angel to descend from heaven with the scroll and touch it upon my lips. And then I walk out and I bring forth the word to thy people. <laughs> How many of you are buying that? <laughs> it ain't like that at all, people. <laughs> it is grueling. Uh, I usually will spend anywhere from 16 to 20 hours uh, just putting together a 30-minute talk and uh, try doing that 52 times a year. It's like, it's like writing a term paper. Some of you uh, just came through term papers in school. It's like writing a term paper, and it's due every Sunday, and I get graded by all of you. <laughs> well, he wasn't as funny as he normally is. Well, he told too many jokes this week. Well, he wasn't as theologically deep as I wanted. No, he's too theologically deep. I didn't know what that word was. I wish he'd use stronger words. I wish he'd preach longer. I wish he'd preach shorter. Whoa, you people wear me out. But it's a, it is a process that I, and it's, it's grueling. I'll, I'll start on a Monday morning. And let me just, just kind of show you what, what this looks like on a Monday morning. I'll start on a Monday morning. This is what it looks like. Tomorrow morning, 7 a.m., this is what it'll look like for me. As I begin to pray, I'm going to be prepping and getting ready for a series that uh, I'm going to be preaching on January the 8th, and this is what I got so far. Right there. 
And so I begin with this. How many of you know when you begin the process, this is how you feel, right? Like, you're like I don't even, I have nothing. I don't know where, I, I'm hoping something good's going to come from this. And I'm like, I know there can be a lot of people dependent on me. And so I just kind of begin this process, and I, I will just start dumping my mind out into a computer, and I just do note after note after note. I just, whatever I, I think of, whatever might come to my mind, it might be a stupid idea. You ever done that where you're thinking, well, maybe I'll try this, and you, you write that down, and so I'll, write, I'll try this, and I'll write this down, and, and I get it all into a computer, but I'm not done yet. So then I, I, I do that, and then when I, I get it to the computer, then once it's in the computer, then I get it out onto a piece of paper, and, and I, uh, this is called paper, for those of you who don't know, and it's, uh, you use an ink pen, and you write. It's something we used to do a long time ago. It's what we used to do a long time ago, okay? You probably don't remember that, do you? Yeah. Okay, talk to your mom after service. She'll introduce you. It's called a pen, okay? Um, and I will write it down, and I use all kinds of different colors, red for scripture and blue for illustrations. And um, I had this illustration I was going to use about uh, my fireplace and smoking out the entire house, but, <laughs> which was a nightmare, but I can't use that here, so you'll be hearing that later in a sermon. You're like, hey, I remember him talking about that. And, so, and, I, and then I just write down. Whatever, I, whatever is in my notes here, I start to write down what I think God might want me to say. And so I'll write things down like I wrote this down for this message, in the midst of uncertainty, we're either going to praise or we're going to panic. Oh, that's, I, I'm not using that, but that's good. You, somebody should tweet that right now. Uh, that's good. Yeah, you got, you got to praise and not panic if you want peace. That's, that's good. I should have wrote that down. I should have used that one. And so I will just do note after note after note. I wrote this down. Um, this is good. Uh, Jesus enters right into the middle of our uncertainty, our doubts, and our fears. Is that not true? That is true. That's what he does. And then uh, you'll never, this is, you'll never have peace of mind until your heart finds peace. I'm not going to preach that today, but that will preach right there, okay? You'll never have peace of mind until you got peace right here. It starts right here. But I, I had, that didn't make, that fell on the cutting room floor. And so then I, I just different note after note after note. You can't panic and praise at the same time. Anybody know that? Amen. You can't panic and you can't praise at the same time. If you're panic, you can't praise. If you're praising, you can't panic. That's why when you were singing, you guys remember when you were singing? This isn't in my sermon, but I'm going to preach it right now. That when you are singing, that's why you need to get your hiney in here when the service starts and listen to the songs and start singing the songs instead of driving here panicked all the way here. Get here, start praising, and the panic will melt away. That's good preaching right there. I haven't even started yet, and that's good. Man, that's good. And then I will, um, so then I'll take it from the paper, and I'll put it back into the computer, and i got to get it to one page. And you got to get it to one page, because if it ain't one page, people, we're going to be here a long time. How many say amen for the one page? Amen? Amen for the one page. And, but then I'm not done with the process, so I'm still not done. I got it all here, and I got what I think I'm going to preach, and, 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 I'm, and then I meet with a team. I have a team of people I meet with every Wednesday, and we sit down on Wednesday morning. That's my deadline. I got to sit down on Wednesday morning. By 9 a.m., I better have what I'm going to preach, and hopefully it looks like this. And I'll sit down with this group of people, and I'll kind of preach it out to them a little bit and talk to them about it. And these, all these lines and these squigglies and the crossing out of things are ideas and things that they said, oh, that's a really bad idea. Don't do that illustration, Brad. Don't, don't say that. The ladies won't like that. You're going to get yourself in trouble. So I won't do that. And they... And then I'll, they'll say, hey, what about this? And I don't understand that word. That's why some of you all be like, man, you, you, you'll hear me preach and be like, I understood for the very first time what that word meant. Or I felt like, you know, you, you, didn't, you just made it in a language that I could understand. Listen, I have a group of people that help me. 
Okay, I, I, and, and if you're in the middle of the process, you better get some people that are going to help you through the process, okay? I'm going to preach that here in a minute, but I'm going to preach it right now too, okay? You need to get some people that will be there in the process. Turn to somebody and say, will you be with me in the process? Will you be with me in the process? I'm going to need you. Turn back and say, I'm going to need you in the process. I need people in the process to help me to get it out to where it needs to be. So I, and so I will get it out there, but I want to, I want to back this thing up a little bit because I want to tell you how I, how I start, though, because one of the things I, I've learned to do is I've learned that prayer is so important in the process. And so I, I am pretty ADD when I pray. I can never remember anything, so I usually will write my prayers uh, just to kind of keep me focused. And so whenever I do my message, I start with prayer. You got to start with prayer in the process, okay? Come on. I, I, I haven't started my message yet, but this is, this is what you got to start with prayer before you begin the process. You'll never get through the process, okay, if you don't back it up and start with prayer. Amen? Yeah, you ain't saying amen because you ain't doing it. And you need to do that. That's, that's how you have to start, okay? I'm, I'm stepping on your toes. I'm causing you to lean back, but that's okay. If you're not praying, you ain't going to make it through the process, okay? So I pray, I, and I spend a lot of time, and that's a good thing. Don't you want your preacher praying before he puts the sermon together? That's a good thing, okay? Because I don't want to get up here and, and preach my sermon. I want you to hear what God wants you to hear. And so I, I have a list of 10 prayers, and I journal my prayers. And so I'll begin with... Um, a sermon prep prayer like this. God, impart your message to me. That's my very first prayer. Very first prayer I pray. God, impart your message to me. I don't even know what you want me to say. What do you want me to say to these people? And then I'll, I'll write that out. I'll pray that out. I'll say, lead me to the right scripture. The whole reason we're going to preach out of Isaiah today and we're going to hear from Isaiah isn't from me. It's because I pray and I say, God, what do you want to, what is the message? Where is it going to come from? And so he leads me to Isaiah and I say, okay, then I'm going to, I'm going to work that. And then I'll, I'll, I'll follow and say, help me to understand the scripture because I don't want to bring my thoughts and my ideas and put them into the scripture. That's a really bad way to preach, by the way. And some preachers do that and, and it's just a bad way to preach. They have their ideas, they have their thoughts, and they go hunting and pecking for scriptures to back up their theology and their thoughts. I don't preach that way. You should not live that way. Christians live that way. It's not a preacher problem. It's a people problem. That's what we do. We're, we, we get into the wrong process and we're not even supposed to be in the process because you decided what you wanted to do and you're going after something God never even told you to go after. So you're in the middle of a process God never even ordained for you to be in the middle of. And you got to start with this idea that I'm going to let God lead that process. I'm going to let him speak to me, and then I'm going to take steps. And so that's, that's what I do. And so I, I'll do that. I'll say, help me see the people's struggles. So I pray for you. I see your faces. I see your faces when I preach and when I'm preparing to preach. I see your faces as I pray. I'm like, God, think about that person right now. What are they dealing with? What's their struggle? It's a waste of your time. It's a waste of my time. If I get up here and I'm preaching and, it, and you're like, that don't, don't, that don't hit me. I don't, I don't know what it is. And I want to make sure whatever I'm bringing is what God wants you to hear, not what I, I want to say. If I walk out of here and you're like, come on, Brad, that was a funny message. Man, that was great. You told some great stories, Brad. Woohoo! And you left and you feel good, but your life doesn't change. I have wasted my time. Wasted my time. Like if you go out of here and you feel good about yourself, but you don't drag yourself out of your sin and become a better dad, a better mom, a better student, a better child, a better coworker, a better neighbor, and you don't have a heart change, I haven't done my job. 
Because that's what God wants to do today in this place. Then I'll ask him, what's the, what's the big idea? Like, what do you want me, what's the main thing you're trying to get us to say? On and on and on. So I have all these different prayers, but uh, prayer number eight is, is probably my favorite prayer because I'm telling you, this is preparing a sermon like I'm already thinking tomorrow. It's just grueling. I don't look forward to Mondays. I wish I could tell you I did because it's, it's when I'm preparing my sermon. I wish I could tell you, man, that's the most exciting day of the week for me, but it's hard. It's hard because I get in the middle of the process and I think about you and I think about this word that God wants and, oh man, God, it weighs heavy, heavy on me. I don't take lightly any word that I ever speak from this platform because I want God to speak to you, not me. I like, I don't talk about that. I'll talk about something else. Okay. About to get off on a tangent on something. I won't do that. But prayer number eight is, is my prayer. Give me peace in my preparation. So as I'm preparing this message, I just say, God, give me peace. And, and one, of the, one of the prayers I've been praying through that is that it, over and over again in my journals I saw is that I wrote this down as the prayer in this is I need to trust the process. I need to trust the process. Trust the process. Let's say that together. Trust the process. Turn to somebody and tell them, trust the process. We, we got to trust the process. It's hard to trust the process when you're right in, in the middle of it. So let, let, me, let me ask you this. Uh, what are you in the middle of? What process are you in the middle of? Is it, is it, and where do you need God's, God's peace? And it might be the day-to-day things. It might be just being a mom and you're like thinking about your children and you got, you're in process with your children and you're, man, they're a newborn. You, you're thinking, man, am I ever going to make it out of this process of this newborn? Are they ever going to walk? Are they ever going to come? Are they ever going to sleep through the night? And am I going to, once, once I get them to here and I get them to being a, a toddler and then they get to be the toddler and you're in process there and then you get them to the preschool years and on and on. And maybe you're in process at work. You're hoping for a promotion and you're thinking about the future and God's ordained for you to be where you're working and you see the future, but you're in, you're in process. Or maybe you're in school, and you see that diploma, and it's out there, but you got finals. And you're stuck in the middle of process trying to get through the finals. you got a second semester staring you down, and you don't even know how you're going to make it through the second semester, and you're in the middle of a process. Or maybe you want to be financially debt-free. Giving in this offering that we have for Christmas offering was shaking you up because you want to give, because, but you can't, and you're strapped, and you're just overwhelmed by debt, and you see this picture of your future, and I'm going to be debt-free, but you're in the middle of the process. Maybe you got a ministry. You, you heard Buddy and Alicia talk, and God started stirring up in you again, that ministry, that thing that he's called you to do, and it starts coming up in you, and you're thinking about it, and you're like, this is what God's called me to do, and you see the future and that ministry and what you can do, but you're, you're, you're in process. And what, what happens to us in, in the middle of, of process is we, we'll, we'll say something like this. Well, once, once I get my kids out of diapers and into preschool, then I'll have peace. <laughs> Woo, that's a good one. Well, once I get, then, then what does the preschool, what does the preschool mom and dad say? Well, once I get them into school and I get them out of the house, <laughs> then I'm going to have peace. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and, and then the elementary parent says, well, once I get them into high school, man, I get them into high school and they can just kind of do their own thing, then I'm going to have some peace. Oh, back to train up on that one, people. That's, the, that's all the parents of teenagers right there, yeah. So all they're thinking is, once I get them out of the house, once they're gone, peace will come to me, hallelujah. But we think that, don't we? Like, you, you think little things, like you have this goal of losing weight, and you think, once I drop 15 pounds, once the 15 pounds is gone... 
then I'm going to have peace. Once I get the promotion, then I'm going to have peace. Once I get out of debt, then I'm going to have peace. Listen, you can have peace now. You can have peace in the process. You can have peace in the process, okay? Turn to somebody and say, I can find peace in the process. I can find peace in the process. This is what God wants to do for you. This is the gift he wants to give you today is peace in the process. Somebody say, trust the process. Trust the process. That's what we got to do. We got to trust the process. And there's, there's good news. In Isaiah chapter 9, Jesus, he's given a lot of names, powerful names. And there's a lot of statements given about him in Isaiah 9, 6. In the middle, it says this wonderful counselor, mighty God everlasting father. And what's that last one say together? Prince of peace. Prince of peace. Peace in the midst of your process. This is our God. So how do you find peace in the process? Well, I'm glad you asked, okay? Let's look at Isaiah. And I want us to look at Isaiah for a few moments through the eyes of Mary. Through the eyes of Mary. Go back to Isaiah 9 and verse 6. That's really the only verse I'm going to use today. Um, we're going to break this apart. But right, in the, right, at, right off the bat, it says this. For a child is born to a son is given to th This passage is given 700 years before the birth of Jesus. And 700 years later, God chooses this woman named Mary to be the mother of Jesus. Let me ask this. How, how many of you, show of hands, have experienced childbirth? Raise your hand. You've experienced childbirth. Sir, you need to put your hand down. I don't even know why you wrong with you. You ain't experienced nothing, okay? You need to talk to your wife later. <laughs> wow, I have. I've been there. No, you have not. Trust me, okay? Don't have Listen, free, free card here for every man in the place who's never had a child and never had your wife give birth to a child or you're single right now, okay? Never say that you experienced anything about childbirth. Amen, ladies? Amen. I mean, because it is, I, I have been there. I mean, I, I mean, I was a part of the process. I mean, I was part of the process early. But, but, uh, my, my wife's over there. I'm going to move over here because I'm going to pay for that one later. Uh, but anyway, so I, but, uh, I, I, man, I was there, and, man, it is a grueling process. Is it not, ladies? Okay, like, how many of you, you know, put your hands up. How many, how many of you had peace in the midst of your childbirth before the drugs kicked in? Okay, yeah, okay, like, Wow. Uh, yes, of course. You're not going to have peace because it's grueling, okay? It's, it's painful. I, I was there. With Laura and I, we took the Lamaze classes. Anybody remember that back in the day? That doesn't call Lamaze. They go to the class and they go, all right, get down there, grab her hand. Now tell her to breathe. Tell her breathe. Breathe, honey. Breathe, honey. And Laura's like, whew, whew. I'm like, oh, you're doing so good. You're doing so good. And then the birthing process starts. <laughs> Men, do not do that. Do not grab her hand and go, honey, breathe. Because the next thing coming out of her mouth, okay, is like, wow. I mean, I, I thought sweet, little, beautiful pastor's wife turns into Ronda Rousey. I mean, she's like, MMA on me. I mean, and, I, and she's like, you get the chapstick and the washcloth and right now. Okay, because that was what my job was, uh, chapstick on the lips and, and washcloth on the face. Yes, ma'am, chapstick on the lips, washcloth on the face. And she's like screaming out in pain. I mean, one point, some of you heard me talk about this before. One point, she looks at me and she's like, you're never doing this to me again. <laughs> and I cried. I looked at her. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, it, it, is, it is painful. It is hard, okay? 
Listen, here's the thing. There's a birthing process to every promise. If you have been given a promise by God and you're on the track of where God is leading you to go, there is a birthing process to that promise. See, we, we have this picture in our mind uh, of what it must have been like when, when Jesus was born. We have this picture like, you know, like this beautiful starry night and um, this beautiful angel singing silent night. And Mary and Joseph gathered there in the beautiful hay and a warm night and some shepherds coming in. In the middle of childbirth, shepherds show up. And, and, and the, the, you've got the lambs. You think that's what it was like? This is first century childbirth, okay? There ain't no Lamaze. There ain't no epidural coming, all right? There ain't no nurse. You ain't punching no button and the nurse coming, can I get your baby, Mary? Can I take your baby for you? You just call us when you need Jesus back, okay? No! I mean, she's like, Joseph, get me the chapstick. Joseph's got his chapstick and his washcloth. And he's like, I mean, it's just freak out time. It is tough. It is rough. It is difficult, and right in the midst of that chaos, right in the midst of the process, of the confusion, of the doubts, of the anxiety, of the fear, right in the midst of that, the Prince of Peace was born. This is our God. This is what he does. He shows up right in the midst of the process. Come on, tell somebody I can find peace in the process. I can find peace in the process. Isaiah says this, a child is born to us. Peace is for you. Peace is for me in the midst of the process. Not just for the completion of the process, but in the midst of the process. And man, I I look at Mary here. She had to trust the process, not, not just for the birth, but for the entire pregnancy. Man, she's a teenage girl. Okay, now think about being before she's pregnant. She's just a teenage girl. She's living in the first century. She has no means, no ability to move forward in her life because she's a woman, and and she wasn't going to be able to do anything unless she was attached to a man. And so they would always give their daughters away as quickly as they could to to a man of any kind of means who could provide and take care of their daughter because that's how they did it back then. And so Mary finds uh, Mary's parents find this guy named Joseph, and Joseph says, yeah, I'll take her in, and I'll, I'll provide for her, I'll care for her her and so he gets engaged to her and then all of a sudden in the middle of this now she's pregnant if there's ever a time to be anxious about the future like this is it but listen to Mary's response this is Mary's response just a few weeks after she discovers she's pregnant she says this in Luke 146 Mary responded oh how my soul praises the Lord See, right there is where I was going to talk about this idea of you can't praise and panic at the same time. She chooses to praise God because when she praises God, she ain't going to panic. And she's praising God. But I want, can, can, can I just be, just be real? I was thinking about this when I was prepping this. I was thinking, and I, I mean, I hope lightning doesn't strike here, but I'm thinking to myself, man, how can you praise God at a time like this? Like, I know what you're all thinking. Well, Brad, it's the Messiah. It's the Savior of the world. Yes. And she's a teenage girl. She ain't married. And she's pregnant. Can you imagine? Okay, and then you you put Messiah on top of that. And she's got to go to her mom and dad when she starts to show. And they're like, what's up? 
That ain't mama's biscuits and gravy. What's going on? Funny story, dad. <laughs> you need a kick out of this one. An angel visited me. I'm going to give birth to the Messiah. I'm the chosen one. This is a hard sell. This is a difficult road that Mary has been given. Here's what I want to say. Sometimes God asks you to walk the difficult road. Sometimes he asks you to walk the difficult road, and you got to trust the process. Like, you want out, and God says, stay in. You want out. I'm done with these kids. I'm, I'm done with them. Listen, somebody else needs to take over. I can't take this anymore, but guess what? God has asked you, mom, dad, to walk that difficult road, whether they're in diapers, whether they're in elementary school, whether they are out of school and they're adults, whatever it is. I don't know what that difficult road is, but God, in the same way that God gave Mary Jesus, he gave you those kids. They're not yours by accident. God gave them to you, whether they're foster, adopted, or by that crazy birth thing that you did. God gave them to you, and in the moment of that, you can say, I can trust the process. And it might be painful, but maybe God gave you a little more difficult road than he gave the lady that you hang out and have coffee with, okay? But this is your road. Maybe your road at work is a little bit harder than everybody else's, and you're not getting fast-tracked. Or maybe you're in school, and you got this degree that you want to... Uh, get and my, my, my nephew just got a chemical engineering degree. I'm like, you're smarter than everybody in the entire family put together, which is a bunch of rednecks. And man, how'd you do that? I'm like, man, this is insane. I thought you were going to work at a convenience store your whole life. And you're, you got a chemical engineering degree. You're amazing. This kid is stinking smart. But the process to get a chemical engineering degree, man, it sometimes God asks you to walk the difficult road. Can I tell you, you can trust the process. Say that with me. I can trust the process. In Isaiah 9, 6. Here's why you can trust the process. This is why. Because the government will rest on his shoulders. On his shoulders. This, this is our God. Think about this for a moment. A baby, a baby is born, and the most powerful nation in all the world rested on him. Rome, one of the most powerful nations ever, the most powerful government. They, they ruled the world at that known time, and that government rested on the shoulders of a baby. One of my favorite things as, as a dad is to put my kids on my shoulders, Dads, you love that? Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's just like, I think that's, I think that's the one card that we get as dads. You know, moms, you get some things that's awesome for you. And, but dads, we get that. We get the man, I'm putting my kid on my shoulders. And I've always, always enjoyed that. I mean, Jer's 19 now, and I'm like, come on, buddy, let's go. And, you know, he's a little heavier, but he's like, yeah, this is fun, dad. Thanks, dad. It's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, woo. And I'm kidding, okay? I mean, it's not true. <laughs> uh, but I love that because... And here's the thing about, because the reason I love it is because my child is on my shoulders and, they're, and they just, they're just free. They don't have a care in the world. Man, and they're, they're full of joy and they're full of peace and they're, and they're not thinking about anything because they're like, dad's got me. Dad has got me, and dad is not going to drop me. You can even pretend drop your kid, whoa, like that, you know. You, never, you know, God does that, right? Every once in a while, whoa, made you look, you know. You ever feel like, oh man, God, you almost dropped me. Nah, I ain't going to drop you. I ain't going to drop you. This 
is who our God is. You can get up on his shoulders and you can rest on his shoulders. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, whatever process you're in the middle of, you can step up, get up on his shoulders, and you can have joy. And you can shout and you can praise and not panic because you know Jesus has got a hold of me and he's not going to let me go. Now, if that ain't good enough for you, listen to the words of Jesus here. This is what he said in John 14, 27. I am leaving you with a gift. What? What kind of gift? Let's say it together. What? Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Say this together. So don't be troubled or afraid. Turn to somebody and say, don't be troubled or afraid. God has got it. Get up on his shoulders. Don't be troubled or afraid. I, I like what Isaiah, back in his passage of scripture, he says this, his government and its peace, what? Will never end. So Jesus says the, the peace the world gives isn't the peace that he gives at all. The peace the world gives is temporary, but God's peace goes on and on. No matter where you're at in the process, it continues on and on and on and on. I can find peace in the process for my, my worry, for my stress, for my anxiety, for the hopes that I have for the future, all on the shoulders of Jesus. Man, so let me just leave you with these, these thoughts here. If you're taking notes, and if you're in, the, if you're in a position right now where you need some peace, you're in, you're in process. Think about what, where you're in process. What, what is it you're like, man, this is, uh, I want this to happen. I'm believing for this to happen, but, but, I, but I'm in process. Let me give you some things I think are going to help you, okay, real quickly. I think it's going to help you in the middle of the process. First thing is this that I want you to write down is invite God into the process. Invite God into the process. Taking you back to when I, tomorrow morning, I'll sit down and I'll begin to prep a, a new sermon and I'll begin to put a sermon together. This message that I put together, I began with prayer. Start with prayer. Start with prayer. Say, all right, God, I need you to guide this process. I need to take only steps that you tell me to take. So begin with prayer. I invite God into the process. The second thing I want you to do is this, okay? Let God lead the process. This is tough. This is where the wrestling comes in. This is what's hard for me. Every Monday, I'll sit down, and I'm looking at the text, and I know, you know, I'll just say this. I'll just say this. It'll be easy to say. It'll get a quick amen. Everybody will love it, and they'll say, man, that was a good word. And, and God's like, that's not what I told you to say. And I'm like, I know, God, but it's cool. Like, but in, in, even in the middle of the process, God's telling me, this is what I want you to do. Well, I begin with the word of God. And I let the word of God tell me what to say and tell me what to do. I don't tell the word of God what to do. It tells me what to do. This is where we get jacked up and messed up as followers of Jesus. In the middle of the process, we tell God what to do and we go hunting for that scripture. That's going to allow me to do what I want to do. Don't do it that way. Get in the word of God and pray and look at that word and trust him. And if he doesn't speak to you through that scripture, you got to wrestle. I wrestle for hours. I'll go through an entire day, and sometimes I've got like this much. And I'm like, I don't have nothing, God. I'm wrestling, and I'm, it's a grueling process. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. you got to do that. You get up the next day. You read the Word of God. You get up the next day. You read I'm, gonna, I'm still waiting. I'm still listening. You get in the Word. You let the Word 
tell you the next step that you're going to do, okay? So the first thing you're going to do is we're going to invite God into the process. Then we're going to let God lead the process. And then finally, we're going to just start the process. Don't get stuck in process. So many people get stuck in process. Say that with me. Don't get stuck in process. Turn to somebody. Don't get stuck. Don't get stuck in process. Start the process. In other words, you get up and you pray and you read the word and there ain't nothing there. You get up and those kids are driving you crazy and you got a vision for their life, but they are jacking you up. You know what you do? You feed them breakfast. When they get home from school, you say, hey, I love you. And then at you like that and say, love you too. You're in process. And you keep moving, and eventually what's going to happen, God's going to begin to speak to you, and he's going to start showing you what you need to do and where you need to go, and you're going to move through that process. It might be grueling. It might be slow. But God can be right there in the midst of the process and bring you peace because Isaiah tells us he is the prince of peace, and the government will rest on his shoulders. So wherever you are in process, what I want to invite you to do today, get up on the shoulders of Jesus and let him lead you through that process. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for, thank you for leading us through the process. So many people here, Father, I know are in process. So let me talk to you if you're a follower of Jesus. If you're a follower of Jesus and you're finding yourself in the midst of process, right now, in this moment, surrender to him. Part of the issue, one of the biggest issues we have as followers of Jesus, we get stuck in process as followers of Jesus because we don't surrender to him. What is it? Is it your work? Is it your kids? For some of you, it's your finances. Um, I don't know. School? Right now. All right. I'm going to hand this over to you, Jesus. I'm going to surrender this to you. I'm going to get up on your shoulders, and I'm going to let you handle it, and I'm going to start walking with you. Surrender. For some of you, it's about surrendering 100% of your life right now and say, Holy Spirit, you have all of me. I'm I'm going to stop chasing all these things around me. I'm chasing after this. I'm chasing after that. Man, God, I'm so guilty of telling you what to do. What it means to surrender to the Holy Spirit is this. You guide the process of my life, and I will trust you in the process. If you're not a follower of Jesus, every head bowed, and followers of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, please begin praying. But if you're not a follower of Jesus, I want to invite you into a relationship with him today. Don't walk through that process alone. You don't have to walk alone. Jesus wants to come right alongside you. You can trust him in the process. Here's what that looks like. It's just simply saying to God, I, man, I'm, I'm messed up. I'm a sinner. <laughs> God, would you forgive me? This is the promise of the Messiah. This is what Christmas is all about. Jesus coming, a babe born, Savior of the world. For you, the Savior of the world was born for you. He said, I came for you because I love you. And I want to set you free from your sin. And all you need to do in this moment is say, all right, I believe I believe that God came. And so I ask God, you forgive me, and would you come in, and would you begin guiding me through this process? Because I don't know what to do in this situation, and I, I've tried it by myself, and I'm messing it up, and would you help me? And so I, 
like these people that are followers of Jesus today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start that process. I'm gonna become a follower and I'm gonna symbolically get up on your shoulders and let you start carrying me. Thank you, Father, that you guide us through this process. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.